You're listening to the Ministry Grow Show, brought to you by Reliant Creative, the creative agency for gospel-centered ministries. Find out more at ReliantCreative.org. Welcome to the Ministry Grow Show, a podcast dedicated to helping churches and ministries grow and make more effective impacts for the kingdom of God in an ever-changing digital world. Whether you're building and growing a gospel-centered ministry or leading a church, if you want insight into the strategies, struggles, challenges, and successes of other ministry leaders, you've come to the right place. Welcome back to the Ministry Growth Show. Today on the show, I'm going to be talking with Bill Woolsey. He is the founder and president of 5-2 and the lead creator at Start New Training. Bill, thanks for being on the show. Zach, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. Um, can you tell us a little bit about 5-2 and Start New Training? Sure, Zach. Uh, 5-2 is a network that I and a, a number of people, we launched back in 2009, and we did it to support church planters initially. Uh, but pretty quickly, we saw, you know, that's really a small segment of the entrepreneurial population in the U.S., roughly 12 to 14 percent of the U.S. adults are entrepreneurial and has been that way for as long as we can kind of go back and look. Uh and so we morphed and said, hey, let's take our network and let's really invest in men and women who have entrepreneurial gifts and help them make sure that whatever they start, they bring Jesus to the party. So we're a network of Christian leaders that use entrepreneurship to create eternal change in, in communities. And Start New Training then is our, our, our arm to train. So if you come into our network or... Uh, you may not want to be a part of the network. Uh, in reality, you kind of are, though, even if you go through our training. Uh, when you go through our training, that's where we actually pour into you. We equip you uh, around the areas of, of your calling and who Jesus has, has gifted you to be, who is he calling you to reach and serve, and then how you're really going to do that. Uh, and, and our process is built around building, funding, and launching. So so our starting training is the arm that we use to especially if you're in the early phase ideation phase, mm-hmm. uh, we, we take you all the way to launch. And our network then is the, the, the big umbrella that creates materials and resources and that, that help those Christian entrepreneurial people succeed. Awesome. So if my ministry is a part of the five, two network, what, what would that look like for us as a, as a nonprofit? What would that, going through the process or being a part of the network or how, how would that look for us? Well, on one hand, uh, especially kind of knowing your story, uh, you know, we routinely will highlight individuals and vendors, uh, people that we uh, feel are in, they have, they share our same values. So they mm-hmm. want to see more people know Jesus, but they're also using then their vocation and their occupations in ways that, that do that. And, and then the third thing would be especially helping uh, men and women who are, are trying to start uh, succeed. So creative agencies, uh, you know, especially uh, legal, uh, accounting, bookkeeping, all those kind of services. Uh, what that looks like then is that, that you would be one of those providers. And uh, once we get through this COVID fog, <laughs> uh, we, we actually were one of, one of our arms of our network is that we do one day start new 
summits. Uh, and strategically, before COVID hit, we were we were going to be in 2020. We were going to be in Austin, uh, Seattle, Detroit, and, and New York City. Uh, that's been pushed, and now even in 2021, we just canceled our Austin event because of Delta and the concerns uh, mm-hmm. downtown Austin's having. But the point being is that in 21, as we bring those back online, uh, in those uh, in, in those one day summits, we actually have case studies and we have speakers, and we pull from our network then to highlight them. Uh, in, in that from a real time, but also from a vendor services provision. Mm. And at the end of the day, our network is about, our network is really about giving back and uh, m- much in line, like how you've organized uh, Reliant Creative in the sense of how can we, uh, you know, be a generous organization and, and how can we as, as part of the network be generous to those entities that that are trying to get started and bring Jesus to the communities. Yeah. That's awesome. So with those summits, have, have you guys tried or made attempts to bring those in a, into a digital context? You know, we, this is, so again, before COVID, everything we were doing was in a live type setting. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and matter of fact, uh, our, our conferences pre COVID when we were doing those early on, uh, in, in roughly through 2016, you know, they were 600, 800 people. Uh, we decided wow. coming out of that, and when we when we launched our training, uh, our start new training in 2015, we went all in there, and we really took it took our time. We kind of went where Jesus was leading us to go. We iterated, and we were looking to see how our process would be best used. And you know, a process that we lovingly call Mother Teresa meets a friendly Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we can talk through that if there's time. But so we were iterating that, and we w- we said, okay, how does this training really going to work? And we pressed pause on our conference uh, because we really wanted to get down helping launch new ministries directly. Uh, but then, as we as we came in and said, okay, let's let's map out now our decade 2020 on strategy for the next 10 years. Let's resurrect the summits, but we're going to make a one-day events. We're going to put them on Thursdays because generally speaking, your business population, that's a good day. They can take that day off and go back to work on Friday, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's put them in strategic cities. But then when COVID really hit, obviously everybody went digital. And so now that is, that's actually uh, one of the things we were going to do with Austin was we were going to uh, move it into digital in the sense that we were going to record everything and then we were going to re-release it as a standalone event, you know, a month or so later to the rest of the country. Gotcha. Uh, And we chose, uh, one of our strategic goals as a network is to be in 20 of the top 50 cities, 50 meaning population Mm-hmm. Uh, in the U.S. And so, you know, over the course of the next uh, four years, at least, we've we've mapped those cities out so that we're covering every time zone. Uh, and we're also then uh, in entrepreneurial environments. Uh, there's some entrepreneurism that's uh, pretty, pretty rampant there. Thus Austin, thus Seattle, thus Vegas, right. Phoenix, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. And how did you get your start working with 
ministry leaders and maybe maybe can you share how your past experience helped prepare you for running five two and and start new training yeah uh so i I've been a pastor since nineteen eighty seven which is uh getting to be a long time. Uh, and I was, I was <laughs> <laughs> yo, my gosh, that's horrible. You should never say that to somebody <laughs> who's a guest on your show. Uh, seriously. I'm like, well, okay, I'm just, I'm, I'm, just highlighting, I'm just highlighting <laughs> your, your wisdom versus my, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I was, as a sidebar, I was meeting with a, one of the business leaders we're, we're working with in Austin who was looking at starting a, 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 a business's mission or a for-profit. Uh-huh. He came out to my house and we had lunch and we were just talking, getting to know each other. And he had some comment at, toward the end. He, I'm trying to think of the word he used. You're a, oh, he used the word seasoned. He said, well, you're a very, he, you're a very seasoned, like I'm a, like I'm a cast iron skillet or something, right? Yeah. You're a very seasoned individual. And I, and I didn't, I didn't say anything to him. I just internalized it, but I wanted to go, Okay, you mean I'm old? I'm yeah. sixty. Okay, but anyway, so so uh, I, I was always the evangelism guy. Uh-huh. Uh, I was always, you know, right out of seminary, I was youth and evangelism, and then second call, I was evangelism, adult head, and then executive pastor, and then uh, I got asked. To, my family and I were asked to start a church in West Houston, and uh, in in that in that setting. I'd always been in large churches, never been by myself. And in my denomination, mm-hmm. whenever you start a church, generally they would, you know, parachute you in. And it's you and you and maybe your wife or kids and good luck kind of thing. Uh, right. And so because my setting had always been large staff, I convinced the powers that be to front end load us with a line of credit, with, uh, a, you know, support us with purchasing 40 acres even though you know we were seven families to start and so so by the grace of god right place right time you know a benefactor uh, that believed in us denomination uh you know we we grew to 1600 across three locations uh and uh it was you know preschool of 400 kids and huge oh, sports wow. ministry etc cetera, etc cetera. yeah so it it was in all of that that uh god uh f- and in my past, you know, nine years before in large churches, exposed me, you might say, to the reality that as as uh, churches grow and depending upon their size, and you've got to pay attention to the business side of things. Yeah, and uh, you know, you're 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 going to be working with business leaders, and we are very fortunate to have in our leadership, uh, you know, executives from the oil and gas and technology industries and school colleges, that kind of thing. So I think it was just the exposure to those individuals. And, and I gravitated to that. I mean, I originally was going to be a computer science and electrical engineer when I first started college. And mm. so I, I've always kind of liked that, that stuff and then the financial things. And so, you know, God just kind of exposed me to that. And, mm. and, uh, then it was this realization, and I've always believed very strongly that all of life is sacred, that the sciences created by God, we need to utilize those within the confines of our faith. And mm-hmm. and so it was just a natural evolution, uh, you would say. And then when a buddy of mine said, have you ever seen this business model canvas approach? And I'm like, what? And 
you know, so he introduced me to the business model canvas, which was crowdsourced in the, uh, you know, mid 2000s by, uh, I think it's like 800 entrepreneurs and uh, in Europe. Uh, and we looked at that and went, gosh, this makes a lot of sense. It applies to any kind of startup, whether it's for-profit or non-profit or church. And how could we take a theological, take theological truths and uh, thread those in and make sure there's a good theological foundation as you use your business principles mm-hmm. so that you're not just in it, you know, for, for the buck. Uh, you're in it to, to do good from a Jesus standpoint and introduce people to Jesus. And so it was mm-hmm. just a, it, it was one of those times in my life as I sat there with two of my friends, as we crafted start new training that I just felt like this is exactly what I've been f- saying, but you know, had never been exposed to this resource. And now we could, mm-hmm. we could take it and make it our own. Um, one of the things you said kind of piqued my interest in regards to uh, what you said, uh, like a lot of pastors um, have to deal with the business side of things. So I think that leads into my, one of my next questions. What are some of the maybe common struggles and challenges that most ministry leaders uh, you've worked with run into? And, and does it usually have something to do with that? Well, that's that's it's a great question. As I told you off offline before we start recording, you, you, you really have some have some great questions you put together, which is which is an art. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, serious, seriously, <laughs> I, uh, I would I would say that is one, but I think there's this bigger issue, and 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 the caveat I would have is it depends upon you as a pastor what you believe Jesus is is calling you into, especially around the area of growing your congregation or not. So I, I run into pastors who who don't feel like uh, they should be thinking about or or trying or striving for growing the congregation. They're more of, I'm going to care for the people who are here. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in our terminology, you know, most pastors went to seminary to care for the sheep. Most did not go to seminary to hunt wild sheep. Mm. And uh, we, you know, so I would just say to you, if you're, you know, depend upon which which uh, camp you fall into, you may not actually have those kind of struggles because, uh, you know, uh, you can manage the size on your own and uh, the expectations are different. Mm. I would say if you're in a ministry, though, that is growing or you aspire to to grow it and you believe this is, you know, part of Jesus' will and falls in line with his commands and his desires for the church and your congregation. And I would just say, by the way, you can say, well, my whole, my whole community's changed and it's not going to grow. And I'm going to, and I would say to you, actually, it has great potential to grow. The issue is, are you willing to change? And, mm. and I think that's the biggest fundamental issue with leadership and ministries as they grow or they encounter, they're stuck. Uh, they're trying to figure out how to move forward. And I, I had years of family systems training and I'm always like, let's talk about you, the leader, and you're the big piece of the mobile. And if you change, the whole mobile is going to change. So what are those issues that are holding you back? And they're usually value driven. You have values that form your behaviors. 
And unless you're willing to adopt new values and therefore do new things with your time, it's not going to change. Mm. Uh, and and so in the area of say for instance uh, finances, you know, are do you are you even aware of the finances, or have you said, oh, that's not something that I should pay attention to? And and there are people I hear say that from a theological perspective. I don't agree with it, but that's their value, and therefore. You know, it's not important. Somebody else pays attention to that. Mm. Uh, and so I would just say, if you're in a ministry that's growing, it's it's hard on the senior leader. It's hard on the staff, the other leaders, because they have to become more of a creating value by pouring into people as opposed to by producing stuff. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, and you know that in a creative agency, right? You, you, you got your start by creating and doing projects. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you have to manage people who d- do that. Right. And that's a, that's a big shift. That's a big change. So that, that to me is the biggest struggle and challenge uh, of ministry leaders who are seeking to grow, who feel God is calling them to a new setting. We see this right now with pastors coming out of COVID or ministry leaders. The world changed on them. People for 18 months have done a different worship behavior than they did before. Yeah. Uh, and they're different people. They literally have changed, which means are you as the church going to change or are you going to stay the same and say, well, they'll come back eventually. I'm just going to focus on those people who want to do it the old way. Those are all values discussions. And uh, until you yeah. really have them, until you're willing to have them and let them impact you, you know, you're, you're going to be stuck in some way. Hmm. Now, you've talked about the the importance of calling clarity for Christian entrepreneurs, right? Um, and, and I think that, that this ties into that a lot. How, how important is it for ministry leaders to understand their calling as they enter into some new endeavor or a shift in, in their ministry mm. or change because of COVID or some other yeah. reason why there's a change? Well, if you look at uh, where you find joy in your life, uh, if, if I were to sit with you and we were to talk about that, uh, it, what, what, what usually is happening behind the scenes is uh, you, you're, you're quite good at it, at it whatever it, it may be. Uh, it, it also is speaking to something in your heart that uh, is, it brings fullness, I would say, kind of in a John 10, 10, uh, this full life of Jesus. There's some fullness that it's bringing into you. People probably tell you uh, you're pretty good at it or, you know, again, you're, you're developing relationships while you do it. And ultimately, it's this value that you have that when, because when you and I run in our values, when when we don't cross our values, there's integrity, hmm. and it actually is fulfilling and it's it's joyful. Uh, and so, when a, a, an entrepreneurial person, or when a ministry leader who's not entrepreneurial, but if they're going to start a new endeavor, they're going to have to learn some entrepreneurial skills, some entrepreneurship. Uh, when when you're starting out, we want you to understand the values that Jesus has put into you, and He's usually put into those into you through through people, through events that happen to you. Uh, you can kind of tag them. Uh, you can identify them by emotions. Like when you get angry, 
somebody crossed a value. Okay. It's mm-hmm. pretty simple. You can always tell that one. Uh, so, but when you're starting something or you're moving into a new endeavor, you and I stick with things. We stay with things when they are aligned with our values. So like if I drop a, a, a man or a woman into a, a CEO type role or a senior role in a new org, they're either going to try to change the values of that org so they align with their own, uh, or they're going to say, hey, the org already has aligned values. It's a perfect fit. That's always ideal. Uh, or they'll leave. Okay. I know many guys that have gone in thinking they can change the org. They don't last long, you know, then they're gone. Mm-hmm. So understanding your values, your calling, which is the, the, your values are core to your Christian calling. Who is Jesus? Who has he made you to be? What has he made important in your life? And then how are those going to come together in this new endeavor? And especially if you're in the nonprofit world, that means you you basically are a cause-driven individual, okay? Uh, you believe in a cause. You're Hopefully, you're, you're doing what you're doing in line with that cause. That's a value issue. And that's going to bring joy to you and therefore joy to your staff because you're going to be just a happier person to work with. Mm. Um, how, can, how can ministry leaders stay nimble and agile, making sure that they stay in line with their mission and their calling so that they don't end up building something that may be large and successful, but ultimately isn't the most effective and efficient way of achieving the original mission and calling. Right. So, so we, we, uh, in our process, we, we line it out in a certain, in a certain fashion. The first thing we want you to really understand are, are your values because those are fundamental to who Jesus made you to be. Uh, and we want you to get real tight with those, so we, you know, again, we do Jesus aware, self aware, community aware, and that that Jesus aware is where we start. Who is Jesus? What is what is He calling us to do as entrepreneurial people and communities? But then, what about you? What what's He? How is He uniquely formed you? And we would say that's like a Psalm one thirty nine wiring. Okay, yeah. and and this values why they're so important. And again, lots of YouTube's and famous authors, but they. Are, they answer the why question, why you do what you do, and they're the motivator. They're when you wake up in the morning and you say, "I'm going to go do X." That's uh, there's a there's a value engine back behind that. So we always start there. Why are you Why are you going to take this new position, or why are you starting this new effort? Make sure it's lined up there. The second one, though, is mission. And mission then is in light of my values or our organizational values, what are we called to do? And and so mission answers the what question. It can fit on a T-shirt, generally speaking. Uh, it usually talks about who uh, you're interacting with and the outcome of that interaction. So that if I hear your, your one sentence mission, I get a gist then. Uh, you know, again, with, with our network, we're, uh, we're a network of Christian leaders who use entrepreneurship to create eternal change in local communities. And that change looks like a variety of, of business and for-profit or nonprofit and churches. Uh, and they're all financially sustainable and they introduce people to Jesus. So you can double down on it, elevator pitch, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. the mission then Generally speaking, your mission never changes. Uh, it, it's what you do. 
It's and, and it's based on your why, your values, and very rarely do values change. Matter of fact, if you change the values of the org, and that's why this is so hard with COVID, because you're being forced into evaluate values, usually people will leave. Uh, you and I join organizations or groups or clubs based upon values. Uh, we we see certain behaviors there. We like those behaviors. They trace back to values or we feel good when we walk in. Uh, we can sense it. and We're like, oh, this feels good. I'm, I'm in. Well, that, those are values. So when, uh, when ministry leaders, uh, for them to stay true, stay in line with their mission and their calling, that is, they have to be very aware of those values and that mission. They've got it in front of them. And I would say their staff is aware so that their staff can be questioning directional changes. And there's a culture then of, if you think we're going somewhere against our mission, you need to speak up, you know, because that means like, uh, you know, we're, we're doing we're doing the wrong thing here that we were not designed to do. Mm. So would would you say, if I'm hearing you correctly, that you're... So your mission doesn't change. Your your values don't change. So how you go about executing that mission, that's the thing that can be altered that's, as, that's as you right. pursue your mission. Yeah. And and we, we do it. And I didn't mention those last two. So thank you. So values are first. They answer the why. Mission is what you're going to do in light of your values. Vision is next. Vision is where you're going. Okay. So vision is a destination. And in, in a little book I wrote called Seven Steps to Start, uh, the metaphor I use and uh, we use throughout our training is if you're going to start something or even if you're a leader and you're going to lead into a new era of change, uh, you're asking me as a staff or a donor or whomever, you're asking me to get on a plane with you and fly to Florida. Mm. I've never been to Florida. So I have, but I'm just facetiously. So if I've never <laughs> been to Florida, you've got to paint the picture of where we're going with enough clarity and enough compelling uh, and, and concise enough that not only can I see it, but I'm inspired when I see it. I'm like, oh, dude, I want to go to Florida. Uh, you're going to tell me about Disney World and how fun it is and you know, and we're going to go in the winter so it's warm and not sticky gross, you know, or whatever. Uh -huh. uh, and you'll leave off the alligators and the snakes because that's going to scare me or whatever it is. But <laughs> so, so you paint this picture of where we're going. And, and that's not just a sentence. That's actually uh, could be multiple paragraphs. Well, that's where we're going. Okay. So values are why, how are we going to, you know, our mission is what we're doing. Uh, vision is where we're getting. And then the last one is strategies. So how are we going to get there? Okay, the answer is the how question. Are we going to fly or take a train? Are we going to walk? Are we going to hike some? You know, do a bus and it's going to be 40 of us all together. All those. So the strategies are always changing. Your vision might change, but if you get me on the plane and say, we're going to go to Florida and you change your mind, we go to Kansas, I'm going to be really ticked off. Okay. Because mm. I thought we were going to Florida. Uh, so the, the more you go down the line, the more it has potential to change. Mm -hmm. Uh, but usually your values, you know, it's like in a marriage, right? If all of a sudden you changed what's important to you as a couple, you better make sure you both agree on it. Okay. Right. Uh, or else uh, that divorce is, is there.
<laughs> yeah. So how important or, or where does clear communication and strong storytelling come into play with regards to all of this? Like how, how well, important, if, if I've got a mission and we've got strategies to get to that mission and achieve that mission, how important is it to clearly communicate that? And then, and then with your storytelling, are you guys encouraging to drive home those, I'll call them brand, like we call them brand beliefs. This is what we believe in as an organization. Yep, that's exactly our, right. Our stories are the things that are going to carry our beliefs to our audience so that they can know whether or not they align with and, and believe in the same things we believe in. Amen. And I, uh, you, you obviously, and you're, you know, your uh, creative agency and, and really your ministry uh, specializes in story. And we can't, I can't echo that enough. Our process, our starting to train process, when we teach fundraising, it's all story driven. Mm. When we teach recruitment, story driven. Uh, when we teach, you know, when, when you go to sell, you're story driven, right? Mm-hmm. And really selling and recruiting and fundraising, they're all influencing us what it is. So, you're you're trying to help people understand why you're worth investing in and why the cause is worth uh, the the sacrifice you're inviting them into. So, uh, and and you, you, I know you know this, and probably a lot of your listeners know this. You know, I'm I'm more prone to give to one person than I'm than I'm going to give to a zillion because I can help one person. But it's very hard for me to see how I can help a thousand. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if you're asking a thousand of us to help, eh? But if you're asking me directly to help, okay. And and right. that story is the compelling thing that needs to have your general arc of a story uh, to it. It's it's how we teach you to pitch. So uh, in our process, we teach you how to pitch uh, what you're doing, and and that pitch then again goes to help you recruit and help you. Uh, raise money and whatever it may be. But the pitch is talking about the life change, about the outcome of of the work you're going to be doing. Mm. Uh, it, it's it's that person or that cause or that community endeavor or whatever it is. Uh, but yeah, story is important. Uh, we're working right now with a staff, uh, a church staff that because they're growing, they're struggling with communication. And so clear communication, uh, you know, I always say clear, concise, compelling are those three C's mm-hmm. to uh, powerful communication. Man, that's important. I, I would add in there, you need, as a leader, you need a routine for communication. Especially entrepreneurial leaders, we tend to forget about it. We tend to think everybody sees it like we see it. Uh, but if I've got a routine that I'm in or somebody's keeping me accountable to that routine, it ensures that communication is happening. Mm. Yeah. And, and having, making sure that your message is, is clear and concise and compelling both for your internal staff, the people that are part of your team, but externally to help everybody understand, all right, here's the mission. This is the direction we're going. And if it is not clear, if it's not, if you think, you understand it, but everybody else doesn't, then you can get into some, some difficult situations where, you know, staff may be going one way and leadership may be going another or donors and, and your audience 
think they're giving or investing in something completely different than than what they actually are. It's, it's incredibly important. It, it, it's 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 really I hesitate to say it's everything, but it's close. Uh, you know, people right now in our in, in this particular era of time, uh, community and cause are very critical to people. They're very mm. important. You know, we, we live local as individuals, even though we may spend time on Zoom or or Zencast or whatever it may be. Uh, we still live local, and right. that local cause is is what grabs the heart. So when I'm clear on that and when I help people envision, because not everybody's visionary and, and not every leader's visionary, but if you're a visionary leader, you can see that future, uh, which is really just a future of hope is all it is, right? You're, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. a future full of hope and we want to help people get there. That's what compels me and keeps me going. Uh, especially in cause-driven nonprofit organizations. Yeah. Well, I want to I want to transition a little bit. Um, make sure that we have time for some of our last questions. But both offline, you mentioned a p- topic I'm particularly interested in exploring, and you mentioned it already in this episode. But why a why a Mother Teresa meets a friendly Mark Cuban approach works? Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah. What I, what I mean by this statement again, we. We start you out with under you know a, a Jesus aware, self aware, community aware. The Jesus aware and the self aware, <clears throat> our fundamental teachings there, our fundamental theology, uh, flow from uh, from the feeding of the five thousand miracle, which is where we take our name for our network five two five loaves two fish. Mm-hmm. And and we use the account in Mark chapter six, uh, where in that account uh, Jesus and the boys they are going to take a little vacation. They, they but the crowd beats them, and and Jesus immediately has compassion on them and starts to teach them. So we we uh, break down that miracle into about seven key values uh, and therefore behaviors of Jesus that we mm. want all of the people who go through our process to understand. And when you look at the miracle of Mark 6, Jesus only speaks twice, at least that we're told. Uh, and, and both of, I mean, obviously he's teaching, but when he speaks to the disciples, it's, it's we're told exactly what he says. And both times it's a command. So the first one, they come to him and say, you see the crown of the way, they're hungry. And he says, he commands them, you give them something to eat. So he's holding them accountable for the need that's there in the crowd in the community. Second, then they immediately go, well, this is going to take half a year's wages. We don't want to waste that money, right? And in their mind, if you really understood what they're looking at, they're in a foreign place. They've got all these strangers. They're never going to see them again, most likely. And they've only missed one meal. So it's not like they're destitute and dying. And yet Jesus wants us to blow half year's wages on feeding them. And Jesus commands them, go and see uh, what, what, how many loaves and fish there are. And so he commands them to go back into the crowd and discover the resources that he's already put in the crowd. And that right there. That's what we would call the Mother Teresa side of our training. So it's a theology of presence, it's a theology of partnership in communities, it's a theology of uh, abundance from scarcity. Because 
you know, five loaves and two fish, let's feed 8,000 people. It doesn't make sense. Right. Uh, so, so those are the theological, and there are more theological tenets that we would say is this Mother Teresa mindset. But then we blend it, we mash it up with uh, our, our business model canvas, lean business startup approach. You can only spend a dollar once, so don't spend it prematurely. Uh, and, and using entrepreneurial learnings on how to launch things and how to make sure they're financially sustainable. That's the friendly Mark Cuban. So we're still going to talk truth to you, but we're not going to denigrate you. Okay. <laughs> like uh, maybe some some a business person might. So that's <laughs> why we call it a Mother Teresa meets a friendly Mark Cuban approach uh, because all of life is sacred uh, and, and let's blend it all together and use it use it well. So there, there's a, yes, this is ministry, but there's a shrewdness to the decision-making as well. That's, that's well said. That's very well said. Uh, there's an astuteness. There's a wisdom. There's understanding that, you know, uh, if you've got somebody on your team and they have an MBA in finance, why the heck would you not listen to them? Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so there's this, again, uh, when we work with people who are predominantly business oriented, the theology at times makes them go, huh. When we look at people who are primarily church centric, the business makes them go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, one mm. of the favorite favorite memories I have is one of the guys on one of our teams in Florida who was a, a businessman he, uh, and the pastor was leading the team. They were starting this whole new ministry that's just blowing up. Uh, but the guy said to, said to, said to us, I use this stuff during the week at work. I never thought about using it when we're starting this ministry. And I was like, that's exactly why we do what we do. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask you is, do you find that, that ministry leaders tend to lean one way or the other, but you kind of answered that, that it seems like traditional ministry leaders, pastors, et cetera, might lean more towards ministry side. And then your business owners come in with the, shrewdness of business and that is generally how they lean generally finding a, speaking finding a balance between those is, is what you guys are trying to help with yeah and i would almost i'm always i'm not a big fan uh of the word balance on any you know people want balance in life i'm like no you can have rhythms in life right I mean, you're going to have seasons where it's you're going to start something, dude. It's going to be craziness, okay? Mm -hmm. And and how do you create good rhythm? And that's the Sabbath aspect of life. But the same thing, I would just say we're not looking for balance. We're looking for integration. We're looking for how you take these this business understanding and, and use it wisely. How do you make sure your theological tenets are strong and solid, and you're grounded? Uh, that prayer isn't just something you do on Sunday. It's it's a it's a it's a way you breathe. Mm. Uh, the, you know that Scripture is so in you that it bubbles out unexpectedly at times. And so, yes, generally speaking, because our our Western society silos spiritual away from the rest of life. Right. Most of the time, people are siloed when they come in, and in all fairness. Pastors aren't trained in business, and that's not why they went to be a pastor. So right. it's not that you know we're going to shake a finger at you, but we do want you to be open and learn. 
Mm. And uh, and vice versa, and that's it, it's fun when we mix all this together. When we've got nonprofits starting with for profits and churches, because you have this cross pollinating that's it's just incredibly rich. Mm-hmm. Well, and and you guys prefer from our offline conversation, it sounded like a fee for service plus a donor funded model, right? So, how does that come into play? with regards to all of this. Yeah, that's, uh, thank you for asking that. Uh, we do. So in, in the business model canvas approach, there are nine sections you pay attention to. And one of them is how's the, how's the income going to be provided? How's the, how's the money you need? You know, the money's not the mission, but where there's no money, there's no mission. Uh, how's that money going to be provided? And we want you to think about earned income and donative income or donor-driven income. Uh, and that also, like you said, that flows from this Mother Teresa, Mark Cuban approach to life. Uh, and, and we see this, right, in the corporate world. The corporate world has understood, the, the for-profit has said, ooh, if we can go create a nonprofit and show that we have a cause, you know, that we're cause-driven, people are going to love us more. And mm-hmm. by the way, we can do tax breaks and, you know, <laughs> yeah. wow, why would we not do it? So the, you know, the business savvy people are like, why the heck would we not start a nonprofit? On the other side of it, uh, we believe that everybody needs skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And even if I'm serving, even if I'm providing a training, let's say, or uh, a course, or uh, I'm teaching children how to read or something, how can how can we invite individuals to contribute to their own well-being? Uh, now, the nice thing when you have a uh, earned income model that's married into a, a donative model is that my donors help me keep my other uh, what I charge way down, so that I can provide the service at a greatly greatly reduced cost. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's definitely who we are. It's what we recommend. Uh, during COVID, it's 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 helped our ministry because our donors believed in us, even though the fee for service dried up for a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's I have found it, and I've I've used this model for over twenty years, both in the church that my family and I we planted because we had preschool that was a fee for service, we had sports league that was fee for service, but then obviously you have a huge donor donor yeah. base as well. That's great. What are what are three insights you would share with ministry leaders that can help them tangibly today? Uh, if if you have never done a values clarification exercise, you should. Uh, if you uh, if if you don't have a team around you, you should, and the team doesn't have to be staff, but. Think in terms of of a team, and especially mitigating your your weaknesses or the things you just don't enjoy doing. Uh, and then I would just say the last one would be: Who is it that Jesus is calling you to serve? That that is so key to your calling. Who who's the person, the people group that He has put on your heart that you? you find incredible joy in pouring into. And if, if, if you can get there, if you're aware of who you are, your calling, uh, how Jesus has made you, if you uh, have thought through enough that, that you have a team of truth tellers, but different body of Christ gifts, 
and you are aligned in who he's calling you to reach, who he's calling you to serve, when those three are clicking together, it's it's a really powerful experience. Mm. Well, and I would just second for for from my perspective and what our experience that that first one you said that values driven survey re, re taking a, a second look at your communication and your mission and your mm-hmm. the direction you're going as an organization. I can't tell you how many times um, we've engaged to do work with a ministry. And our recommendation is always to go through some type of messaging process before you get into marketing campaigns or websites or anything like that. Even, even if you've already done that before, um, I can't tell you how many times we've gone through that process with ministries who went into it reluctantly. But once we start asking pointed questions and, and digging down deep into their mission, their vision, their values, the, the purpose of the organization, why they exist type stuff, there's almost every single time misalignment between various leaders within the organization, the direction that one thinks they want to go and another thinks they're, that they're going or headed. Um, it's 90 plus percent of the time with the ministries that we work with, we engage in that messaging and strategy conversation and come back, come out of it with the leaders going, I, I can't believe how much one, this helped going through this process to really figure out how we want to clearly communicate where we're going. Um, but how much misalignment we had within our own leadership team. Um, I mean, it, it's a significant portion of the ministries that we've worked with come out of well, that process. And so like if it, that is so important to, to be all on the same page, right? Yes. And, and, you know, entropy is real. Things go from order to disorder just naturally. Yeah. And and mission drift happens to the best of everybody. Yeah. Uh, it just takes a whole lot of discipline. And the faster your org is moving, the less likely you are to maintain that discipline. So, you know, in, engaging an outside group, individual expert like yourselves, and especially if you're going through transitory times or huge transitions, uh, growth spurts, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, will just always help kind of get you back aligned. And Plus, I always find those types of experiences when you involve your team, it, it builds a trust in your team. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know what, you're important enough to me that I'm going to make sure you're hearing clearly what I'm saying and I'm hearing clearly what you're saying and, and we're coming to agreement. That's yeah. a That's a powerful team building experience as well. Well, and, and then to your third point, who is Jesus calling you to serve? What ends up coming out of that process oftentimes is a, a redefined clarity around the audience mm. that you're trying to reach. Um, you know, most of the time we work with ministries that come in, hey, we just want to reach everybody. And we come out of it <laughs> going, oh, we no, we're, we're a little bit more specific and niched in who we we want to be targeting and, and, and get our faces in front of our organization in front of, because the reality is not any organization can reach everyone. And so it's, it's good to go through that process. So they, they go hand in hand. Right. Exactly. They really do. Hmm. Well, Bill, this has been awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your expertise and insights. Um, can I pray for you and your, your ministry? Please, Zach. I, I, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Father, I just lift up Bill. I thank you for his 
um, his willingness to answer your call in his life. And, and um, I just lift up 5-2 and start new training and Bill and his teams um, as they just continue to be obedient to your call in their lives, helping other organizations and ministry leaders um, be clear in, in the directions they're headed and uh, the, the people that they're trying to reach. Father, I pray that you would just give clarity and guidance and direction uh, for this ministry. Um, we love you. Thank you so much that we get to be a part of what you're doing. Lord, you've invited us into this redemptive story in all kinds of fun and creative ways. That's one of the th- cool things about this podcast is getting to see all the different ways that you've called people um, into your story. Um, and so we we appreciate you and thank you for that invitation. Uh, and uh, yeah, just lift up Bill to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bill, if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about 5.2 or start new training, how can they do so? Uh, they can easily email me, and we'd love to just engage with them and talk and see where they are. And B as in boy, Woolsey, W-O-O-L-S as in Sam, E-Y, at 5.2, F-I-V-E-T-W-O, dot com. Uh, you can also, if, if this is something that might interest you and you'd, you'd love to just explore more of this calling concept, uh, we have a, a free, it's like four or so uh, videos. You can go to startnewtraining.com slash mini course, M-I-N-I dash C-O-U-R-S-E course. And uh, you can get just a sense of, of how to clarify your calling and keep moving forward in strength. So we'd love for you to take advantage of of that. Awesome. Well, Bill, thanks again for being on the show. We appreciate it. Zach, thank you so much. And God be with you. Thanks. You too. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ministry Grow Show. If you enjoyed it, we'd appreciate it if you rate and or review us on the iTunes store. And make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a story to share with other ministry directors and pastors, or know someone who would be an incredible guest on the Ministry Grow Show, let us know. We love connecting with ministry executives and sharing their wisdom and insight with our audience. Just send us an email at info at reliantcreative.org. And lastly, if you need help telling your ministry story, we would love to share how we can help in that process. Check out Reliant Creative at reliantcreative.org. See you next time.